I guess it's the old man here stumbling up here again. But uh, Jeff, you know, that Psalm 128 has been a favorite of mine as well. What a wonderful, beautiful picture of a family that understands that God is the head of that family. And the fruit of that family is not only their worship and the reverence of God, but they have children. And as they bring up their children, they're just like tender shoots, tender plants, and they grow. And these father and mother uh, children, now they will grow up and they will have wives to themselves or, or, or uh, husbands. And guess what? They will live to see their children's children. You know, that's what God has in plan, uh, definitely for a godly family. Uh, that's what he wants. Uh, because that is the way that we perpetuate the wonderful name of God. And you know, uh, the world certainly has absolutely no love and no respect, no understanding of God because they pursue themselves in their own manner uh, for their own gain and for their own things. Now, tonight I want to read, and uh, first of all, it would be Luke chapter 15. And uh, we're going to commence at verse 11. This is the parable, the story of the prodigal son. And you might say, John, why? What? What do you? What are you trying to uh, apply from this or take from this story? Well, let's read it. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered his belongings and journeyed to a far country and there wasted his possessions with a prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into the fields to feed the swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything to eat. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare when I perish with hunger? Uh, another uh, portion of scripture I want to read is in Romans 5.1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And then just towards the end of that section there, by the Holy Spirit, it says that the love of God has been poured out in your hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. 
you know, uh, when it was first stated we were going to have 15-minute uh, se sessions like this, it was said that try and come, uh, well, come with something that's been of a blessing to you, that God has given you. Well, over the last few months, now I haven't made a study of it, but over the last few months, the Lord brought very forcefully to my mind, Psalm 105. Now I started reading that and the, the, one, what led me to that Psalm was I was actually going through YouTube and I happened to come across a short, and there, were, there was a, a man speaking about in the Bible. And what was he speaking on? Psalm 105. So I thought when I get off there, I said, I'm going to have to read this again. And I've read through the Psalms probably many times. And I started to read it. And it came forcefully to me that God has made an everlasting covenant with me. He's made an everlasting covenant with you. This is a covenant that's not just for today, not just for tomorrow, but it's forever. Psalm 105 reminds us, if you read through that whole psalm, it's, it's not that long, it's about 47 verses, I think. If you read through that psalm, you will find that David is bringing forcefully uh, to the readers of that psalm, or those who would be singing it, reminding them of the everlasting covenant that God made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now today, Israel has been not rejected by God, but God has put them aside for a time being. God will bring them back into a place of honor and position in a future day because his covenant is everlasting. And it reminds us that we are the same. And I started to think about everlasting, the covenant. What does that mean? And I'm not going to go through it all because time doesn't permit us. But I made some of these things here that when we look at Luke chapter 15, the first thing we realize is, I really do not believe this is a gospel message, by the way. Because this son is in the father's house. That places him in a place of honor, a place of standing, a place of permanence. And that's where we are. We have a standing in Christ. And I want to emphasize that fact. We have a standing in Christ that does not depend on our feelings. Doesn't depend on the fluctuation of our lives. Because today I could be in the mountaintop. Tomorrow I could be right in the valley. Tomorrow I could be the most successful rock climber. Then I could be dashed to earth. That is a fact of the Christian living in the world today. So in that Psalm, I see two things as an application. You have Israel, they're standing in God. You cannot take away the promises of God to Israel. That's permanent. God is not a liar. 
God will not renege on his promise. He will fulfill it. And that promise, as I said, will be fulfilled in a future day. We are the same. We can't depend on our feelings. Now, I can place that as two words, a standing and state. And what I did, the thought I had here about standing in Christ was this, that the standing in Christ is what we are. You know, we look at all kinds of examples in Scripture as to our standing. Now, you take a look at the, the epistle to the Ephesians. You could divide that epistle into two sections. First three chapters, our standing in Christ. The next three chapters, our state as we walk amongst men and fellow brothers and sisters. And the two, although they are separate, they are poles apart. Because I think that today there are young Christians and there are older Christians through not searching the word of God, live an imbalanced Christian life. And why do I say that? Well, I say that because, you know, in Lord's Day, I came to the chapel and I was fired up. Boy, was I fired up today. Monday morning, I get out of bed and say, oh, what a miserable day this is going to be. That is our human nature. That is us our state as we walk amongst men, and we can't forget that. But the one thing we should never lose track of, that although our living before men and one another is like a roller coaster some days, our standing in Christ is solid. It changes not. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? God has forgiven us of our sin, past, present, and future. Now, I know that's going to be hard to put aside. You know why? Because the old nature keeps drawing us back. Boy, I love this, and I love that, and I want this, and I want that. And the Word of God says, listen, listen. If you want wisdom, search after me. If you want knowledge, search after me. So although they're poles apart, they are kind of connected in a way. Uh, so that's what standing is in Christ. It never changes. It cannot improve because God's love, God's forgiveness is full and full and full as it can be. It doesn't get any fuller because when he forgave us in Christ, we forgave us. We are sinners but we no longer are accountable for the sin past, present, or future. Now, we may, uh, we may wonder, but no, our state is different. Our condition before men. I, I put it this way. Ephesians, first three chapters is our position in Christ. The second three chapters are our conditions amongst one another. How we walk. That's very, very important. Psalm 1 is one of my favorite psalms. And there's a brother here today says, well, the scripture you're reading today is your favorite scripture. 
And it's so true, but there are some parts of the Bible that, uh, that speak out to us. Psalm 1 is one of them. Walk not as the ungodly. Stand not in the ways of the ungodly and sit not in the seat of the scornful. We are to be apart from the world. Although we live in it, we have to be apart from it. Now, there are many scriptures, and I'm going to close with this. Acts 16, uh, verse 30, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. So don't go through life doubting your salvation. If you go through life doubting your salvation, then you have to doubt the work that Christ has done on the cross. Because the work he did is full and free and is permanent. Because in Hebrews, we read that once he had been the sacrifice for sin, he sat down at the right hand of God. And uh, that's, a, that's a thought of permanence. So we, then we, we read in Ephesians 1, accepted in the beloved. Romans 5 and 1, justified by faith. Ephesians 2, it's because we're in Christ, that's solid. And then you go to Romans 8, no condemnation in those who are in Christ. And as far as our state's concerned, I made the note of just the, 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 the readings, Philippians 2 and 19 to 20, you can, in your leisure, look these up. 2 Corinthians 5, 9, 1 Corinthians 1, 11 to 13, 1 Corinthians 3, 1 to 4, 1 Corinthians 4, 18. But we remember what Paul said. Remember what he said when he said, whatever state I'm found, I will be content. So brothers and sisters, and I speak to those in Zoom as well, never ever doubt your salvation because it's solid, it's rock solid. It doesn't get any more solid than that. You know, we used to sing a little song, a little song in the Sunday school. We have an anchor. And Christ is our anchor. He's the pilot on our ship as we go through the stormy waters of life. And the other thing, too, is he is also a great comforter. You know, uh, we all go through times of sorrow. We all go through times of perhaps maybe being a little depressed. Things haven't gone our way. But, you know, anchor yourselves. I have to anchor myself in the word of God. That's what counts. And nothing else. So shall we close in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can accept your word. And we know that... Uh, you have promised us uh, salvation in Christ, your son. And we thank you for that, and we accept that. We know that Satan will come from time to time and place doubt in our, our minds that, well, you know, perhaps because you're doing this, are you sure? Lord, we thank you that we can be sure because your son gave up his life 
as a sacrifice for sin forever. And so as we uh, think of you throughout the week, O Lord, challenge us by your Spirit, that indeed we will all be challenged to take our Bibles daily, open up your Word, read it, and wait upon you uh, to hear you speak to us from it. So bless us, uh, one another. Oh, and Lord, we thank you again for all your goodness and loving kindness to us every single day. In Jesus' name, amen.